Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Gimme, 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 gimme. Sounds like a child, doesn't it? The incessant whine of children to their parents everywhere. Give me dessert. Give me my allowance. Give me the car keys. Give me my freedom. Even the, the lowly infant's wordless cry say, give me. Give me a clean diaper. Give me food. Give me comfort. Give me time. Kidding, even my dog begs of me. One might conclude that Jesus would discourage this sort of begging and pleading from the Lord God Almighty, but instead, Jesus seems to take the other side. He teaches, even encourages us, authorizes us to go to our Lord in prayer and to beg like children asking of their their normal father give me good and holy things we pray for spiritual and bodily blessings for ourselves we pray for spiritual and bodily blessings for our nation for our leaders for our friends and our neighbors and our communities I have to admit every once in a while, I'm still, I'm still praying for flying cars. Praying for the, the guy that's working this out to get this figured out because I'm tired of driving. Jesus tells his disciples to keep asking. He encourages them to, to continue in prayer. And he tells a parable. Suppose you have a friend... And you go to your friend at midnight and tell him, Friend, open the door to me. A friend of mine has come for a visit, and I don't have any food at hand. Loan me some of your food so I can feed my friend. And the friend answers from within, Leave me alone. Norton, I'm in bed. Go away. I cannot get up and give you anything. You got to remember the context of the Middle Eastern world. You're thinking, who comes in the middle of the night? Well, in the middle of summer in the Middle Eastern world, if you're going to travel from one town to the next, do you want to travel during the heat of the day or at night? You think about sort of a nice full moon. You ever been outside in a nice full moon and you cast a shadow even in the dark and you walk on the road? This is how they would travel a lot of times at night. And so you'd go to a village where you happen to know somebody and you'd stop and say, hello, Mr. McDonald's. <laughs> I would like to stop here and eat some. And when you come by the same thing, you come by my house someday at three o'clock in the morning and I'll get up and I'll get you. I don't have anything. So I go to my neighbor. I, I got buddies here. I need some bread. And they sleep in these one room or maybe even two rooms and everybody sleeps on the floor. And if you get up and light a lamp, guess who's getting up? Kids. <laughs> the last thing you want to do is get five or six little kids up all at the same time in the middle of the night because you're never getting them back to sleep. Jesus says, what happens? This guy's going to come. He's going to ask for bread. You're going to get up and give him the bread. Why? Not because you love him. 
Not because you want to. <laughs> because he's going to stand there. He's going to keep knocking until you get up and give it to him. Be persistent. You will continue to knock at the door. And you will eventually get your friend up out of bed and he will light a lamp and he will rustle around until he finds something and he will crack the door open and he will shove it out there and go, fine, leave me alone. Go back to bed. Jesus continues. I tell you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everybody who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, can find, and the one who knocks, it'll be open. Jesus tells the parable to, to illustrate the fact that, that constant persistence can even arouse a sleeping man out of bed. Do you hear that, women? If you pick on him enough, you can even get him out of bed. Even in the middle of the night, it happens. So does that mean we can persuade God for anything? Do we, do we have to pester and persuade God to give us good things? No. Is prayer simply a matter of bugging God until He relents and gives in? Is prayer like a prayer chain? I have a love-hate relationship with prayer chains. Sometimes they sort of give the impression if we get enough people to sign our petition, God will answer our prayer. That's, that's not the way it works. Does God have to be coaxed and raised out of his slumber in order to, to hear us? It's starting to sound like that. And I must confess that I've had this attitude in my life at several points. I have, I have tried to pester God into giving me what I want. I have tried to manipulate God to give me what I want. I've more than once tried to barter with God. Well, you know what, God, if you give me X, I'll give you Y. Like God needs my Y. Like <laughs> there's anything I have. Like God, if you just give me a million bucks, I'll uh, give a little bit of it to whatever you want. I don't care. Just let me take my cut. Sometimes we even throw a Bible verse in there, one or two. Right? You, you, you told me to ask. So I'm just like a little kid. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme, gimme. Gimme fine cars. That's, that's the only thing I have. James tells us in chapter 4, verse 3, that you do not receive, for you ask with the wrong motive. Jesus directs us to look at everyday, regular, old, mortal fathers. Would a regular, old, mortal father give his child a snake if the child had asked for a fish? Would just a regular, old, everyday, mortal father give his child a scorpion if the child had asked for an egg? No, of, co of, a, of course not. Now, if you... Normal, sinful fathers know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does your father who is holy know how to give good gifts to you? He's holy and perfect. You ask for a fish, you get a fish. You ask for an egg, you get an egg. You don't get a scorpion, you get a serpent. 
And so God will give us whatever we ask. See, that's, that's a trick question there. Because we sort of like to add that thing on there. We hear all this ask and everything and receive, and we're like, oh, so God will give me anything I ask for. That's not what he said. Jesus did not say that he will give us whatever we ask for. In fact, I had one specialist in child rearing say that is the, the easiest way to destroy your child's life, is to just give them whatever they want. He didn't say to give us whatever he wants. He said the Lord will give his Holy Spirit to those who ask. Now the Holy Spirit is not as tangible as a flying car. It's, it's not as significant as a house. It's not something that you can, you, can, you can look at. You can't market it. You can't even show it off. It's not something that, that, that sort of manifests itself in, in any sort of real and concrete way. And people can go, hey, look, I, I have the Holy Spirit of God. I mean, you can and your good works certainly show the Spirit of God within you. But you can also just be a decent person. When Jesus teaches His disciples how to pray, He shows them not only how to pray, but He shows them what to pray about. We're told when we go to our God, to go to our God for important things. Truly important things. And what is that important stuff? God directs our thinking to be more like Martha's. To ask for what is best. He starts off and says, Our Father. Wow. That's a powerful phrase right there. Our Father. God has made us to be His own, and He did that before we were born. When we were in our mother's wombs, God already knew who we were, and He chose us out of the world, and He has knit us into a community, into a fellowship, into a church, into the bride of His holy and only begotten Son. And God did that not because of who we are, but because of who He is. He has adopted us into His family and then given us His name to use and to call upon. What an absolute privilege it is to have the Maker, the Creator, the Sustainer of the universe to invite us to use His name to come into His presence. It is a privilege. To pray together as a, as a family of churches. To come together in this place as brothers and sisters of the Lord adopted into that same family. And to call upon that name and to have God's promise that He'll hear it. Our Father. Sometimes the worst part about being a called church worker is that separation from our places of origin. Because wherever we, we come from, we've left family and friends, and those family and friends have moved on with their lives. But you also have to come back to this original idea of God is our Father. My real parent 
has never been far from me. He is right here, right now, and desires to hear from me. And he has supplied me with this huge extended family that follows me wherever I go. Hundreds and hundreds of brothers and sisters who may not live in the same dwelling than I do, but are just as much of the family of God, just as much of my, my exterior family as anybody else. We are indeed a family. We are the family of God. We not, may not be all that close sometimes. <laughs> we may not always like each other, but you know what? That's the way family works. We're the household of God. And we ask in our Father that He would keep us together in loving and support and in worship and the Father of love and charity and hope. Jesus reminds us today that we did not choose Him. He chose us. Hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. God's holy name is certainly holy with or without our prayers, but we pray in this petition that His name might be holy among us and that we may not forget His wondrous gifts and the eternal life that God has already granted unto us. We pray for God's kingdom to come. We pray that we would receive the faith that comes with forgiveness and eternal life. And we pray that that word would be expended around us to all of those that we know and love, that we might have the opportunity to be a part of the growing of that kingdom by presenting the good news of the forgiveness of sins to those around us, that they too may be called into the great kingdom of God. By receiving and nurturing new brothers and sisters and into the family of faith. We pray for our daily bread. All of our needs are met by God. All of our needs are met by God. And God meets those needs in different ways, in different sections throughout all of our lives and days. But our Heavenly Father, we ask that we would continue to recognize and to trust that all of our needs are met in God and in God alone. This is why the enemies of the cross almost always are also proponents of the nanny state. You notice how that goes hand in hand? People who really love the nanny state really are not proponents of the love of Jesus Christ. Because their love of man does not come from their love of man. It comes from their hatred of God. And they want to supplant God. And I don't know if you've ever noticed anything from the 20th century. Governments make really rotten gods. They don't make very good gods at all. But if your needs are met by the government, the government becomes your God. <clears throat> we pray that God would forgive us our sins. We're not perfect. We all know that we're not perfect. We're broken, beaten, battered. But the Lord has put us upon this road. And the Lord God has had pity upon us. He has stooped down from the sky. He has put His hands upon our back. He has paid our hospital bill. And we're grateful. And we ask that we never forget this. We ask that the Lord lead us not into temptation. And that's a pretty serious business. 
That leading us not into a temptation is a war cry. It is a war cry against Satan and the world and modernity and our own religious and our own religious wills and the stakes are high. It's a matter of life and death. But I reward you, I will remind you that the war has already been won. The battle has already been fought and your mighty God has already prevailed. And in the victory, we fight and we rebel against evil that tries to to pull us away from God, that tries to pull us away from this family. These are things that are given to us by the Holy Spirit of God. That God has promised that He will give you whatever you need. And God is not wearied by our constant pleas for those things that are good and right and salutary. God is not asleep. He gives to us generously His glory. God is is not exhausted. You think about our Old Testament story today. God was not disgusted, nor was He displeased, nor was He exhausted with Abraham. Abraham who's pleading for the, for the, the citizens of Sodom. God is not fatigued by our prayers. God desires to hear our voice. He delights in our prayers. He delights in our pleads. What earthly father doesn't like the sound of his own children's voice? And like an earthly father, God delights, delights to hear the voice of his children. Even when they're saying the dumbest of things. Because he is... Our Father. And He asks that we take that seriously. Because it's serious. It's a real adoption. It is a real life. A real eternal life that we've been brought into. For the forgiveness, thanks be unto God. For the life that God gives unto us, thanks be unto God. For salvation, For peace, for thanksgiving, for the joy of life itself, thanks be unto God. What a friend we have in Jesus. Who makes this possible. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.